magic makers. It's Kelsey Foremost, your host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. Before I get into today's conversation, though, I have humongous news. So a little backstory. I, as many of you know, am a copywriting expert. And for years, I have had Copy Class, my signature course that teaches entrepreneurs how to write their own high converting copy, how to sell themselves without being salesy. And it's been amazing. I've been able to help over 8,000 of you learn to write your own copy. And that in and of itself has been hugely rewarding. However, I have been hearing for over a year, if not longer, that a lot of you are struggling with like the more practical side of being an entrepreneur. You are really confident in the actual service or product that you sell, but being a business owner feels really overwhelming, really tech heavy, and just like there's so many possible things that you can do to optimize your business that you just sort of run around like a chicken with your head cut off and you try to do like 17 things and then none of them get done because there's too many things on the list and then you feel discouraged and then you're just like, why am I even an entrepreneur? Why am I even a freelancer? I should just go get a traditional job so that I can get out of this stress cycle. If that sounds familiar... Boy, oh boy, do I have some exciting news for you. So I have been quietly behind the scenes creating something specifically for this. It is a new membership and it is called BYOB, Build Your Own Business. It is a membership where we are going to focus on one high value, needle moving business building task every month. And it's going to be in the form of like weekly lessons. It's going to be practical tools and guidance so that you can build a sustainable, profitable business. It's all the business shit that nobody teaches us. Like you learned how to be a therapist or a life coach or a nurse or a lactation consultant, or a holistic wellness um, guru, whatever it is that you do, you learned how to do that. And now you want to help people by having your own business. But now you're like, well, crap, I have to learn how to create an email funnel and write a website that has high converting copy and understand what a call to action is and have different email lists with different tags and have a social media presence on top of all of this. There's so many practical aspects of running your business that I want to help you with one step at a time. So in BYOB, we're going to focus on one topic a month with new content to inspire and instruct you that drops every week of the month as follows. Week one, the first Monday of every month is learning week. We are going to learn you will get access to a high value mini course for the topic of the month. So say the topic of the month is creating an email funnel. We are going to give you like in that first week, a mini course on how to set up an email funnel and what that should look like for you. Week two, the second Monday of the month is implementation week. 
This is where you're going to get additional resources like worksheets, checklists, things that are going to help you implement what you learn in week one. Week three is clarify. It's clarification week. This, uh, the third Monday of the month is where I will host a live group coaching call. And just like in copy class, I will open my inbox for you guys to submit your real life projects. And I will do what's called over the shoulder writing, like a live workshop where I will answer your questions and I will coach you through your exact specific problem. That's clarification week. And finally, week four is where we optimize and publish. That is the week. The goal of week four is for you to have these actionable, simple instructions that get your business up, running, and profitable. The reason I'm only doing one business building topic a month is because I want to do what I call practical pacing. So if it was like, everything, everywhere, all at once, chances are you're not going to complete it and you're going to get overwhelmed or you're going to burn out. If it was fewer uh, and it was just one topic and like a, a course on it or something, there's so much that I wouldn't be able to help you with. So it's like enough information and enough homework, if you will, to keep you inspired. And that's actually helpful instruction but it's not so much that it's going to be like another bajillion things on your to-do list. The goal of the BYOB membership is to help you if you are one of those entrepreneurs who feels stuck, like you could be making more sales or you could be running a more streamlined business, but you just don't know how to do that. Nobody teaches us this. It's not your fault. This is all of the stuff that I have learned after being an online entrepreneur for, gosh, four years now. That's wild to say. I started my freelance business in January of 2018, and now we here. We started at the bottom, now we here. I have learned so much, not just from myself and my own experience, but from all of the students and clients that I've helped with this practical business building stuff. So I want to open up my brain and give you this knowledge. And I'm going to be doing that for an insanely low course launch price of $47 a month. You did not mishear that. It is intentionally priced stupidly low. Why? Because I want this to be a no freaking brainer for you. That is special launch pricing. The price is going to go up at some point. I don't exactly know when that will be, but if you want to lock in that founding members uh, pricing of $47 a month, then please head to kelseyforemost.com slash membership and go ahead and learn more and sign up for the BYOB membership. We're going to be starting in April I am so, so thrilled to be offering this service. Ugh, I just, I feel so good about this. And the feedback that I've gotten so far as it's been in beta has been honestly like really emotional for me because there's nothing, I'm going to cry. There's nothing better for me. Like there's no better feeling in the world than hearing somebody 
who thought they couldn't do it be like, oh my God, I actually have this up and running. I made my first sale or I tripled my uh, passive income because of this email funnel. Like, thank you so much. It's, it's really wild what can happen when we break things down into simple, actionable steps. And when we surround ourselves with people and products that lift us up, the rising tide lifts all boats. I want to be your rising tide. I really hope that you join me in BYOB, the Build Your Own Business Membership. I would absolutely love to have you. It would be an absolute honor. Woo! Okay, now that I have ruined my mascara, <clears throat> I am going to introduce this week's guest. This week's guest is Nicole Laloya, and she is a former social worker who moved into the business space because she saw so many service-based entrepreneurs burning out and not understanding that they could make money in more ways than just one-to-one client work. So she spent years really researching and perfecting her programs and figuring out that having multiple streams of income was the best way for service-based entrepreneurs to really expand the ways that they help people and increase their income, increase their bottom line. So in this episode, we are going to talk about her journey from going from burnt out social worker to business owner who helps people create all of these income streams. And also my favorite part of the conversation was she really just started like verbal vomiting and telling us all, all these ideas of different potential income streams. So if you are feeling like, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to have multiple income streams beyond my one-on-one work, but I don't really know where to start or like creating a whole course or something seems so insurmountable. This is a great conversation for you. Um, Also, if creating multiple income streams is something you're interested in, her freebie, which is in the link below, the consistent income generator is really, really interesting because and valuable because it takes your financial goals and it works backwards into telling you what you need to charge for your different income streams. It's really cool. I highly recommend it. Um, And I really enjoyed this conversation with Nicole and I hope you guys do too. So thank you again for being here, for tuning in to find your magic. This is my favorite corner of the internet. You guys are my family. So thanks for being here. Please enjoy this episode with Nicole Laloya. Well, Nicole, just from our conversation before I hit record, I'm already anticipating this is going to be like drinking from a fire hose because you and I both love to nerd out about the exact same things. So welcome to Find Your Magic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive in to our conversation. You're literally the picture perfect guest for this podcast because as you know, we're half mental health, half entrepreneurship. You have a background in therapy, social work, and now you are really focused on helping service-based entrepreneurs with the business side of things. So I would love if you just 
tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to what you're doing now. Yeah. So I started out, um, I went, got my master's in social work at Columbia and I just figured I was going to be a therapist, you know, working for an agency. Cause that's essentially all we're kind of set up to do. Totally. And that's what I went and did. And it was great. I was counseling kids and families, but it was just very draining. You're like yeah. making no money. You have massive grad school loans. You're living New York City. So <laughs> as you know from Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't it's it an ain't expensive cheap. place to be. Yes. I had five roommates. <laughs> did you for real? Yeah, I did have five roommates. We all had our own bedroom, but you know, it was what a lot. Freaking, I didn't know. What kind of place did you live in? Was this like a it was Brown on stuff? it was on the upper west side. No, actually, it was on the upper west side and it was like right at 96th Street, which this was many years ago. And back then, like 96th Street was like the cutoff, you know what I mean? Yes, I do Before, exactly. When you hit like Morningside Heights, Columbia area. So it was like a sketchy New York City, I guess, you know, back then area, not at all, but you know, yes. Um, and it was a brand new building and it was like a weird setup because basically we had like the first floor and then it went down. So it was called like a townhouse, but it was just like three levels oh My God, in an apartment <laughs> building. Yeah. The, um, the language, talk about a copywriting lesson, the language <laughs> that um, apartment brokers in New York City use it's like its own dictionary like charming right. means old yeah. cozy means it's a closet like yeah <laughs> townhouse yeah. Well, means this was it's a basement <laughs> this yeah this was neither charming nor cozy because it, it was brand new so I basically looked on a cement block with like paper thin walls <laughs> um and you know we got one of those companies to put the room movable wall in the living room to create oh, an yes. extra bedroom oh and we yes. were sort of lucky I guess because we were the first people living there so it was just an empty space so we basically were like we need this many bedrooms so oh, like one God. person had like under the stairs dark Harry Potter yeah had like the, the door to the hallway and no windows, you know, so she paid like a fraction of what we paid. Um, yeah, so it was crazy. Um, and I was an introvert, but like nobody talked about that. So like mm. I would just like not like to talk in the mornings. Like it was very hard. That's hard that. being Many an introvert people. with five roommates. Jeez Louise. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like social, but like when you're talking doing therapy all day. And then you come home, you're like, I just, you know, back then it was like, I just want to watch my VCR Oprah. Like, don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I was just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> no, that was me with my, uh, illegally streamed how I met your mother. I was like, nobody talked to me. You mean I'm gonna... pirated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I pirated how I met your mother too. Originally. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, this was like, kind of like right around that timeline. So Basically, I got very burnt out from one, like living with that many people, like to just like having a job where like there's no room for growth. It's like see clients, see more clients, shorten your sessions, you know, so you could see more people. Yeah. And it just got very draining and exhausting and like depressing. Yeah, so it's not sustainable I either. 
it wasn't yeah it wasn't sustainable I mean I can't even imagine where I'd be if like I stayed in that position you know because yeah. it's easier to stay in like crappy stuff sometimes than try to change things you God, know that's the truth that is the truth yeah. I think so many especially women and especially people who choose service-based businesses stay in these draining situations for a really long time, A, because there's not really a lot of information on alternatives and B, because they feel guilty leaving. Like there's an, there's an extreme yeah. like sense of guilt of, mm -hmm. you know, well, A, what am I going to do if I leave? But B, I'm going to be leaving all these people in the lurch if I leave. Yeah. And honestly, it's also that like when we go to school, like I went to school of social work, like you're trained, like you're not going to make money. You're going to be poor forever. It's selfish to make money. Like you're giving back. Like that's what's good about this. And it's like, not wow. only like, is it bad that it sets you up for no money, but it also like gives you this ego around like, well, I'm better than other people because I'm not making any money and I'm doing good things for the world. You know, would you call that martyrdom? Yeah, I definitely would. I never thought of like using that word for it, but you know, it becomes very like your story and your message is like all about like, well, I'm doing good things for other people. Mm -hmm. I'm a social worker, you know? And it's like, okay, are we though? Cause like I was doing that job and I loved my clients. They were amazing. The kids, you know, and their families, but like, am I doing a good job for them? Like, am mm. I making the world a better place? If I'm just like fitting as this bureaucracy, that's not about problem solving and is like, just see more people shorten their sessions so that's we can make so more money, you know? Toxic. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's like even more ironic because you're in a mental health background and they're like, burning you out yeah you know like they're like see more people see 35 clients in a 40 hour week and don't take lunch and you know so it just it is really toxic and it just really beats you down and I was just like I had some traumatic stuff just growing up happened family family trauma drama you know mm -hmm. so Fill in the I blank. think that when I got <laughs> <laughs> right any family trauma um that makes you want to go to help other people right <laughs> go to school to help other people as it is right so I just like really did start to get burnt out and just frustrated like where it's not changing and it's like you know am I hoping for just like a 2% raise? Like, you know, what am I yeah. like here for, you know, how am I actually contributing to this system? Because it just becomes like this again, like, you know, toxic workplace where you're thriving on stress and misery. Like the whole thing mm. is then you go out with your friends and everybody's like complaining about work and their bosses and how little money they have. And it's like a competition for who has the hardest life. So mm -hmm. God, I, that um, really resonates. That really, really yeah. resonates. I think that, you know, it's a totally different, uh, industry, but as an actor for over 10 years, there was this weird seesaw where it was like, you really wanted success. But then if you were in a season without success, there was this like competitive mm -hmm. whose life sucks more and mm -hmm. just like venting, bitching, negativity. And I feel like it was in some ways giving us something that we needed. Right. Because like, right. There was like, well, at least these people get it, but mm -hmm. you are the average, I forget where this comes from, but I've heard 
you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me when I started to think about how I wanted to be building financial stability for myself while also living a purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there's this trap that a lot of people fall into. And tell me if you agree with this, where we think, well, if I'm pursuing a purpose, then that means that I'm going to be like scrappy and poor and, um, you know, that I'm not going to be able to play big. Like it's based on the service, not on me as an entity or as a person. Yes. But for women, men don't think that they're not like, I need to, you know, undercharge mm-hmm. and that's going to make me a better person. Isn't that so interesting? How very rarely do I come across a male student of mine who is worried he's overcharging? I've, I don't right. think I've ever had it happen one time. Not once. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And like, yeah, it's not like they're, it's not based on their identity, like that caregiver role and needing to give to others and take care of others and put your needs aside. Mm, Yeah. You know, caregiver being selfish, you know, totally. It reminds me of, I just recently read the book burnout by Dr. Emily Nagowski and her sister, Dr. Amelia Nagowski. If any of you out there think you might even be maybe experiencing burnout, I highly recommend this book. And in it, in like the first introduction, um, before you even get to chapter one, they talk about human giver syndrome and holding up human givers versus human beings. And Mm -hmm. that men very often get to play the human being role. They are a human just being a human in the world. And women very often give of their time, of their emotional support, of their energy, of their bodies in order to support the human being. And that really resonated with me. So when you said the word caregiver, it really made me think of this human giver syndrome and how do we go from being human givers to human beings? Mm-hmm. Well, even when you listed the type of businesses that are in your audience, it is primarily business owners who are their service-based business owners. Yeah. So their identity is doing and taking care of others. Yes. Yes. So, so how did you move out of your role as a social worker and into what you're doing now? Yeah. Well, it's a very long, windy journey, as you can imagine. I can That's imagine. Took quite a few years. We'll do that on the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And essentially, like, I took some time off to travel and volunteer in South America. um, And just like a different lifestyle of like, not the nine to five, like high pressured world. And I was like, Oh, my God, something's wrong with me. I'm like, lazy, like something is wrong. How many times have I heard something's wrong with me? Yeah. And just like, couldn't see it in myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So essentially I ended up when I finally started like kind of getting back into the work world, I just never went back to a nine to five. I had like a part-time job at a nonprofit doing like meeting planning and stuff. And then I did social work and counseling as um, like contract work as a freelancer. So it was really cool because I got to like do a bunch of different things 
And I didn't have to just like go back to that like nine to five restricted world. Um, And eventually I did decide to, so I did decide to shift into opening my own business. But of course, years later, I was like, oh, you were essentially running your own business that whole time. (laughs) I always say freelancers don't realize that freelance is entrepreneurship. Like Mm -hmm. you're not a freelance fill in the blank. You're an entrepreneur who does that thing. So like Mm -hmm. I, uh, I use copywriting as an example. That's what I started with as a freelancer. I wasn't a freelance copywriter. I was an entrepreneur who specialized in copywriting because Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as just being a freelancer. Like you're running a business you are your business and nobody really teaches, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you. Nobody really teaches how to be an entrepreneur, how to build the business Mm -hmm. side so that you can have something that is sustainable, not just for your financial situation, but for your life. (laughs) Like your business Mm -hmm. should support your life, which seems like it should be obvious. But Mm -hmm. in many cases, it ain't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not. And again, I think, you know, I call my audience accidental entrepreneurs. Like we created our businesses a lot of times to escape toxic workplaces and do more of the work we love without these like bureaucratic, stupid rules. Mm -hmm. And then we do it, but we get into the employee role in our own business. Like we're seeing clients. We're just like, where's the next client, you know, and it's one-to-one services and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, oh my gosh, I need more one-to-one clients or, you know, and it's like, oh great. I have to market. Oh, I need to talk to my audience. Like, what does that even mean? And there are so many pieces involved. And that's kind of like what happened to me is I started a private practice, you know, and this was like 10 years ago. So you needed an office, you, you know, like I had my office and I was like the first week I was like, oh God, I just recreated the nine to five world. But like, you know, back then even people are like, oh, as a therapist, you're going to have to work to like eight every night because people don't want to come during the day and you'll have to do this and you'll have to do this. And I was like, if I take a day off, like if we have a winter storm, you know, like I'm not going to get money. If I take Mm. a vacation, like I'm not going to get money. Like, like how do I even make more money each year? And then I was like, I'm going to have to see more clients. And I was like, this was like the first week. It's such a cycle. I was like, oh my God, what did I do to myself? Yeah. Like this life of freedom was not free at all. Mm, Yeah. Oh God. And that just like gave me anxiety listening to you. Right. Cause it takes me Mm -hmm. back to that place of like, like the, the, um, almost impossible choice of, Either I stick in this soul-sucking nine to five and have some sense of stability, or Mm -hmm. I jump off this cliff and have my own business, but then nothing is for sure, and everything is up in the air, and everything feels scarce and scary, and like it all depends on me. So Mm -hmm. it's almost this double-edged sword But that's why I love what you're doing now, which is helping people understand that it's not an either or at all, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's why I really am passionate about multiple income streams for particularly service providers, where usually your income is reliant on the amount of one-to-one clients you see and the rates you charge. Mm. Um, 
And also where you start to get burnt out because you're just, you know, I've had clients who have come and they're like, I have 35 clients a week for 45 minute sessions. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? Like what? That's crazy. So, so practically, what does multiple income streams, what could that look like for someone who's a service-based entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, it could, it could start out just at different types of one-to-one services. So rather than like the typical, like, oh, a client comes weekly for a session or whatever is on the computer for your session, um, maybe it's like you do an intensive where mm-hmm. you meet for three hours or you do something else and you help people over an intensive period of time. So the rates are different and it's one person, you know, in that spot um, and it's a way to start to, again, like increase your income because you're doing an intensive work. They get results more quickly. Um, so it's something at least different than like, okay, I need to have had like six sessions to get what I would with this one intensive or six different clients for one session Mm. with this one intensive. So I think even just starting to look at like these money leaks in your one-to-one services, like, Mm. you know, And I'm not talking about like cutting down on quality and like that kind of stuff, but more like, you know, where are there ways that you could just serve people differently or where are there ways that you could start to be creative? And I think that's what got me interested in multiple income streams because I'm like an online dinosaur. The online world was very new 10 years ago. And I was like, oh my God, like people do this. Like people have classes, people work with people online, people coach. Like, and I was like looking at my therapy practice, like what the? (laughs) Did I get myself into why are you know and we have like a lot of license regulations and ethics regulations for good reasons and things like that but I was like I like there's no creativity here now it's very different but again like this was years ago where there really wasn't creativity yeah um So you were really like limited in the type of services you offered people. So it could just be packaging your one-to-one services up in a different way. That's really helpful for your client. It could be, um, group programs where you're working with multiple people at the same time. And I love group programs because, you know, you could do something like I have a higher level mastermind that is very limited. It's 10 to 12 women for six months. Like that's it. Like no one can get in. That's, that's it. It's high touch. You know, it's like a level of one-to-one support, but in a group setting, because I can, you know, help multiple people at one time. And some of them do choose a level where there still is like one-to-one session too. Yeah. Um, or it might be a smaller group program. Maybe it's like something for six weeks, or maybe it's something that is, um, you know, like a one-time fee, but like lifetime access. Mm-hmm. Like I joined a couple programs like that early on and I just like really loved it because I could go back to it whenever yeah. I needed. New people were constantly coming in. I got the updated materials, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like, there's obviously things like memberships that are lower cost, but you need a lot more people to get into them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course there are, you know, things like workbooks or products or, you know, templates or audio downloads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you can also add into the mix. Um, I also like workshops, which are live, um, but like are short. So I'll do maybe like a three hour workshop. Um, 
and then, you know, invite people to work with me in one of my other programs. So they kind of all connect to each other. Yeah. So there's like flow back and forth. Um, but what there's you, so many different ways. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who might be listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, that's so many ideas. Uh, that all sounds great. But looking at all of that, I feel overwhelmed. Where mm-hmm. would you tell them to start? I would say first look at like, what's the easiest thing to create? Um, I mean, not even, I don't want to say create because I think a lot of people go straight to like, I need to create content. I need to create all these. Like a whole signature course. course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I need to film like 18 videos for people that they could have immediately. And I think like a couple of things. One, the best thing to do is like, look at what is something that you're doing for your client individually that could be done for more people um, at one time, you know? because that usually is the easiest thing. And also, you know, you want to take in consideration like your business in terms of where are you at with visibility and assets. So do you have a big TikTok following? Do you have, um, you know, an email list that you Mm -hmm. don't use the way you should? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you actually not have those things? And that's okay. And just have more of a referral network, you know, like where are your people? Where can you access more of your ideal clients for Mm -hmm. the next thing? Because I see people go to a lot of like, oh, let me just create something and put it for sale. Right. Whether it's like something cheap, you know, like a $47 something, you know, that's like, I'll just have it and people could buy it. Or it's something more expensive, like a course that's yeah. like DIY. Those are actually like not the first things you really necessarily want to go to because you need a lot of people to make money off mm-hmm. of a $47 thing. Right. So you need one traffic, you need money and you need to be selling it. And it takes mm-hmm. a lot to sell a $47 thing. It could take the same amount of effort in the earlier stages of this mm-hmm. that it could to sell, you know, like a $1,000 intensive. So you want to yeah. be aware of like your time and resources. Yeah. And I also want to encourage people to say like, it's okay if it feels scary at first to be like, oh man, I'm going to come right out of the gate with a high ticket offer. I would reframe it as you're helping more people at once, right? You're allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to help more people without having to create a whole new product right out of the gate. And then here's the Mm -hmm. really cool thing that I found in my experience as a copywriter is that once I had worked with a handful of clients, more high ticket, high touch clients, I started to see a pattern of what people were struggling with. And I used that to inspire my next income stream, which mm-hmm. was a course. And then when yeah. I got feedback from the course, I used that to inspire my next income stream, which was templates. So mm-hmm. And all of that was like six months apart. So it's not Mm -hmm. something that you're going to have to figure out all five of these new income streams immediately. You can start with what you're doing already and just figure out a way to offer it to more people at once, right? That's like Mm -hmm. your first, second, your your second income stream. (laughs) And then from there, start to think about okay, well, here are common issues that I'm seeing. How could I address that issue in a way that A, respects my time and B, will actually help the people I want to help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the thing to think about too is that one, 
even though I'm like multiple income streams, I think sometimes that people get shocked because I'm like multiple income streams. And then they come to me and they're like, I want to do all these things. And I'm like, okay, choose one. And they're like, what? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, you can't, you know, like if if you're trying to sell five things at once, people buy nothing because they're confused. Yes. Um, Or they buy the cheapest thing, you know? So that's really tricky. And the other piece is that like, really like, you want your income stream to build on the previous one. So is it like one people aren't buying your other income stream because it's missing something and they need something else and you can offer it without building a whole different audience. Right. Or is it that, um, like people are doing the first thing and then they want more of you. So you need like a next level Mm -hmm. thing. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's like, Hey, let me put together a small group for previous clients, you know, and offer that. Right. Something together. Exactly. Something that I teach in my signature program coffee class is there's a whole section on creating a freebie that's related to your paid offer. Right. And one of the things that makes an offer successful hundred percent of the time is specificity. The more specific Mm -hmm. you can get with, this is the problem that I'm solving under the umbrella of what you do. So let's say you're a therapist, but -hmm. if you have a super specific, like a course or a program that helps postpartum moms, that's going to sell so much better than a general therapy course, right? Yeah. Specificity Mm -hmm. sells, but that postpartum mom might also be a really good fit for say, therapy for business owners or therapy for entrepreneurs Mm. or mindset. And she might buy a second product, right? So the more it's good to be specific with the offer itself and the problem that you're solving, but it can all be under the same umbrella of the industry that you are in. Yeah. And I think the audience too is important because Mm. again, like, you know, so easy to be like, oh, I help you know, new moms. And then you see something like in the news about something teen girls are going through and you're like, oh my gosh, that would be fun to work with. Let me do that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, but But who is my existing audience? Yeah. So, and it's okay if you want to change your audience for sure, like fully commit to that. But I think that's the other thing that a big mistake people make with multiple income streams is like different income streams for different audiences, like not under the same umbrella, like completely different same audience different problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that (laughs) so I love that you Nicole you have a freebie that I really want to tell people about because I feel like it's a great answer to the question of like this all sounds awesome where do I freaking start where can they download this freebie that you've got for us today yeah so I recommend you know when you're thinking about multiple income streams, you do what we just talked about is you really assess like, okay, because it sounds easy. I remember my first course, which was like a journal prompt email course. Um, It was like $25. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy to sell. And I like mapped out like how to get $12,000 from it. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I have a list of 300 people. No problem. Yeah. Okay. I think I made $500. Like over whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So We've all been really, there for sure. 
Yeah, it really is so important. That's where I really learned the power of what I call goal chunking. And it's like, what is your income goal? And how will your different income streams contribute to that? Unless it's more, you guys, like you don't need 10 income streams. Like I've literally had years where I've had more income streams and I trimmed some out. And the next year I made more because I wasn't spread too thin or like not giving something a full like chance or repeating it and and saving myself work. Um, So the consistent income generator really helps you lay out like what are the different income streams? What are your prices? What do you need to sell? And then you could really say, oh, that's 5,000. Like, oh, that's 5,000 people I would need. That's kind of a lot. I'm not going to do that one just yet. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on this one. And it really is all about putting your attention towards one income stream at a time. Um, so you guys can download that at Nicole Laloya and I see O L E L I L O I A.com slash C I G. Love it. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. And when we post this on Instagram, we'll put the link in the comments. So thank you. I'm excited. I'm going to go do this because I am currently, <laughs> Uh, in beta for a new membership and I'm really excited about it. And I had the same deal where I was like, I wanted to start a membership a long time ago, but I wasn't in the right place because it's a lower ticket mm-hmm. thing. And I needed to build the audience up first and understand more about what problems needed to be solved. But it also, it's a, it's a gut check, man, like figuring out how you, how much you want to charge for things. Yeah. You've got to start with that income goal, like you said, and then also with your audience of who is your audience? Are you talking to high ticket entrepreneurs who have Mm -hmm. million dollar businesses or are you talking to people who are new to business who might not have that much expendable income? Mm -hmm. So definitely download this resource. I'm going to download this resource. It's called the Consistent Income Generator. And as she said, it's at nicolaloya.com slash CIG. The link will be in the comments. Nicole, is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we hang up today? No, I'm excited to see what they decide to focus on for their next income stream. So you'll have to let me know. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. You guys, why don't you find Nicole on social? Where can people find you? Nicole LaLoya on Instagram. Perfect. (laughs) So find Nicole, uh, when this goes up, I always make a little reel for everybody with a fantastic clip of their genius. When this goes up on her Instagram comment on the reel and tell her what income streams you're going to be creating and interact with us. You know, we always, people don't think that they can DM the people (laughs) who create the podcast that they love. I promise you, you guys, I respond to everything and I bet Nicole does too. So if you have this conversation like that, it's a little dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) If you heard this conversation and you have questions or you want feedback, like DM us, that's what we're here for. All right. Thank you, Nicole, for being here for this episode of Find Your Magic. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. 
Now go out there and find your magic.